guess the reason why I identify as an atheist is because... Hello everyone, my name is Salem and I want to welcome you guys to another episode of the Alpha Light where we look at loving life through God with purpose. And today on the show I have Luke Severin um, with us and he's going to share a little bit about his walk with God and a lot of things that happened in his life and a lot of tragedies that he faced in his life but somehow he kept his faith in God and he's still moving forward today. Luke, welcome to the show. How are you? Good man, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm very happy to be having you. I, I, want to, I want to start at the beginning. Where did your walk with God begin? Hmm, that's a tough one. I would say, let's see, I would say my walk with God began when I was 19 in Indonesia. But I can't give you the specifics. Like I, but I can say I went on this adventure surf trip, an atheist, mm. and I came back a believer. Um, there was a moment in a hotel room where I felt like I've reached the end of myself. Mm. Um, there was a moment where uh, I felt the love of God on a beach watching um, our leader and his son interact. Mm. But I can't really tell you like the specific, like, oh, the clouds opened up and it's like, <laughs> then God saved me. Mm. But that's when I really started believing that Jesus was, was the center of everything mm. and that I should be reading the scriptures and seeking him mm. more than anything else. So before that, you were living life as an atheist. What were, what was... What what made you identify yourself as an atheist? I mean, um, did you did you did you hear of church? Did you hear of other Christians, or did you just not believe that there was a God? So I'm from California, and in America, I think you get a, a well, you get a lot of different types of people. But I think there's there's a large portion of the population that says they're Christian just because they're American. So my family. Like, they would say we were a Christian household, but we would really only go to church, like, on Christmas and Easter. Sure. Even then, it was more of a formality and not, like, a living, breathing relationship with God. Um, like, I spent most of the time at the beach. Like, I was a little surf grom. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, I guess the reason why I identify as an atheist is because when I grew a little bit older, we moved from the beach to this ranch in the middle of nowhere. And when I started getting into later schooling, um, like junior high and high school, my parents like got really strict. They were like, um, if you drink, if you smoke, if you if you have sex, if you do drugs, like then you're going straight to hell if you get tattoos. Like straight to hell. Oh, so you went and got tattoos? Yeah, so I immediately <laughs> went out and did all those things. <laughs> no. Um, that was after I moved out. But like my like I started getting in trouble a lot. Like my pa like I started getting in, in trouble for grades and just like my parents really wanted me to do well in school and I wasn't a good student. Like I was this creative, like heads in the cloud, like always doing always going out like I don't know. I love I loved adventure more than, you know, sitting in a classroom for eight hours. Um, but then they always linked my punishment to to religion. And I was like, well, God's like if God's a God of like just pure wrath and I'm like messing up, then it's like there's no way I could do good. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah, I don't believe. Like, so. I don't believe in whatever God my parents are talking about. So, you you also told me a little bit about like, um, so you're a Christian now, right? Mm -hmm. And then, did what happened after you decided that you're going to give your life to Jesus? Did you start walking with other Christians? Um, um, could you describe that that period of transition from an atheist to a Christian? Yeah, so I started going to this youth group to play video games. Um, <laughs> I was kind of a weird kid in junior high that's about 14 years old. I don't know, like you guys have at like primary school and whatever. I don't know, we had junior high before high school. Um, so grade, grade 7 and 8. Like, I didn't really have a lot of friends, but I started making these friends um, who went to this youth group to play this video game, Halo. So I started going to church to play this game because I wanted to be involved. Um, and then the youth leader there, like, really saw that I had an eye for photography. Like, I always, I was, I was a kid that always carried a camera with him. Now, I'm kind of old, like, I'm 30, so there wasn't... There wasn't camera phones. There wasn't Instagram. There wasn't all these, these like methods of, of sharing photos. There wasn't even Facebook. We had a Zanga, which was like precursor to MySpace, which oh. was precursor to Facebook. So right, you're old. <laughs> so like two stages ago, we all got these little websites, you know, and then you had to have an actual camera that you carry around, but not everybody carried their this professional camera. So I, I really like photography, so I spent all my money on a camera. Like every Christmas I was like, Mom, Dad, like please. And they were like, okay. <laughs> but they didn't really like me doing photography. My dad's a, my dad, um, he was an architect and then he switched to city planning. Uh, my oh. sister was going into in engineering. Uh, my mom was very big into education. So they didn't see the arts mm -hmm. as this, this Good path. So you were like kind of like the black sheep. In the way. Yeah. So I'm at this youth group and this guy comes along and he's like, hey, like really encouraging, encouraging me to do this, this art form of photography. I was like, all right, okay, I'll do that. Um, and then he invited me to be a part of this discipleship group because um, I was, I was interested in um, these older guys at the church, like. My peers, I don't know, like I never really got along with high school age kids because it just seemed like we're crazy and are just destroying ourselves and the world around us. So these guys who had families, I was like, okay, how do you, how do you live well and how do you have a family? And then so I was a part of this discipleship group before I was a believer. And um, yeah, it involved like going over to... Like uh, like five or six. Like there's like there's like four people from the youth group, and then there's three leaders, and it was just a hangout. We would we'd cook. They would cook food. Uh, we play video games. We talk about life. They like help us with school and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so I sat with them for like maybe two years, mm -hmm. and in that time, the youth pastor he was fired. He got or he wasn't fired or uh, retrenched. I don't know what you call it here. But basically, there was a scandal with the older pastor, um, something to do with money, embezzling money and evading taxes, and he called the pastor out, and instead of that pastor repenting, he basically let the youth pastor go. Sure. And so, he 
he went off and he had his own IT business, so he was doing that. But then God called him to, to plant this church. God called him to start this church. And then he asked me to document the church because we there wasn't a whole lot of buildings for sale and there was this old abandoned used car dealership and he didn't really believe in, in buying or building a new building. Also, they didn't have the funds. So they bought, they, they rented this used car dealership that needed a lot of work. Like, oh my goodness. Mm. Like new walls, new everything pretty much. Mm. Just a structure. But he asked me to document um, like meeting on the floor or whatever chairs people brought. Mm. <laughs> like lawn chairs or somebody brought with some wooden chairs. Um, so he wanted me to photograph that. So I was a part of this church plan and I wasn't a believer. Like I didn't believe like God actually moved. I just thought this was something that people did. And mm. like, yeah, I'm a Christian, so we're going to do this. Like, okay. But what really kept me going back was this photography and, and this guy believing in me. Mm. And then one Sunday, this missionary adventure um, person he, his name was James Mayfield, and he, he ran these adventure tours in Indonesia. So it was like surfing, 4 by 4 Um You lived with Muslim host families, and so you would kind of share your faith organically. And then I posted on Facebook at the time, hey, I'm going to Indonesia for the summer. Anybody want to go with me? Mm. And my drug dealer, <laughs> tire worker. You were on drugs? No. I was not on drugs. My friend who was a drug dealer. Oh, okay. Who, who was this like gritty guy said, hey, I have time and money. I'll go to Indonesia with you. And so we both went to Indonesia and I became a Christian and he didn't. <laughs> he was like, bro, what's this about? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came back and then I started seeing what that church plant was all about. Like I started, I started to slowly realize why these people were coming every Sunday and why they cared so much about each other. Mm-hmm. And so... When I came back from Indonesia, I started really investing in the church. Um, Indonesia is a developing country. Like, it's very poor. It's like my first, uh, like I'm from middle class California. So it was my first like seeing poverty. Um, but what's interesting about the Indonesian poverty and let's say here in South Africa is there's not this divide between super rich and really poor. Kind of the whole country of Indonesia was poor mm. but they were happy and they they like just lived off of like what the island brought them they mm. weren't so worried about um like being oppressed by others or like seeing everything they don't mm. have um i mean their government gave some help but it was really like mm. hey we're all just villagers all yeah, yeah. and it was really unique so I, I wanted to be a part of more cultures like that i originally thought i was going to go to to indonesia again but then um, I met some Haitians who were uh, really wanting to sponsor children who didn't have anything. Um, they were trying to start schools and orphanages. So I, I then went to Haiti the next year mm-hmm. with my church and was a part of a missions team. Um, and ever since then, like pretty much every year except for one year, I've always left America and gone to a completely different culture. Um, to see how they live and to see what God is, like how God is moving and where God is moving in a way that is not my own mindset, like mm. what I think God to be doing. Mm. And you spoke about some events that happened to you after you've already become a Christian. Before, before we go into those, um, th- those events, um, uh, y- your life before, before a Christian, did you, did you um, 
what would you describe your, your life as? So what I do know is when I wasn't a believer, I was pretty much afraid constantly. And I, I, what I did with these thoughts of self, uh, like worthless, worthless thoughts, like, like I thought I didn't have any value. Um, so that turned into anger and that turned into, like I tried to commit suicide uh, once. Um, sure. Turned into like, not self-harm, but just like this constant low, low feeling. And it either was like depression or anger. And then um, I didn't really have any, like, per I didn't have any purpose. Because um, all my friends, they were, they were like getting into relationships and like girls, I never really you know, c connected well with. I was like a, kind of an awkward kid, so I was like, well, these girls don't like me. <laughs> and, like, my parents think I'm, like, a screw-up, so, mm -hmm. like, I don't really know what I'm doing in life. And then, since becoming a Christian, um, I've had, like, those thoughts still come at me. And I do, I, I think depression runs in my family. But n now I know that, like, my value is not based on what I think um, and I have, I have freedom to reject those thoughts and I have freedom to accept what Christ says about me. Um, and, uh, like I don't really get angry and my depression, um, like it's, it's like I have joy in my depression. It's kind of hard to mm -hmm. explain that bit, but it's not the end all be all. Like there's this greater joy that's available. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's the main difference. Uh, my family relationships are getting better, but I must admit, um, I haven't put I haven't put in the work that I should. Mm. So pretty much from, yeah, 15, I've kind of just like, well, if my parents don't approve of what I'm doing, then I'm gonna go do my own thing. Mm. And then another thing that's different than Amer in America is you get a you get you start driving at 15 and a half, and then 16 you get a car. Oh, so, like I just started working. Uh, I was gone with friends. So you get you become very independent pretty quickly. Mm. So I I was away a lot, um, but now now I'm trying to restore those relationships uh, with my parents and and really work towards um, reconciliation. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. And then you became a Christian, and then you 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 talk about um, you have you have brain injury and some some nerves in your body doesn't work. How how did that come about? So, the, I've had 10 concussions, sure. um, like, pretty much before I was 10 years old. And then I've had a couple of major accidents afterwards. So it's, like, really hard to say, it's really hard to say which accident, um, like, affected me. But the long and short of it is, is that, like, I almost, I've almost died, like, like maybe like seven or eight times, like legitimately, like if I was like a meter in any direction, like I wouldn't be here right now. Sure. And so um, that has caused, yeah, that has caused some, uh, shoot, that is, that has been simultaneously encouraging, but also it's, it's, it's caused some damage to my body that I have to, I have to like work through. Mm. Um, like my back's pretty much in constant pain, um, and then I do have some nerve damage. So like there's like I don't have feelings in like part of like like most of my well huge huge parts of my limbs, um, but 
like it's 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 nice to look look back and see that you know God really wants me here for a purpose, mm. and like because I I should have died all these times or like I could have died I don't know, but I don't look at it and I'm and I'm like angry at God for the pain that I have or the stuff that I've been through, mm. but also um, I'm in this spot where. I, yeah, I, just, I guess I just don't know why. It's like there's there's mystery around it. But yeah, dude, I've been I've been hit while running. I've been hit by a car while running. Like somebody ran a stop sign, and I was running through the intersection. And I had to jump on their car. Um, the same same exact thing uh, happened to me while riding a bicycle twice. So cars one one of them ran a red robot. One of them um, just came out behind a building, like, without looking at who was there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, he's like, Satan trying to catch you or something. Yeah, and then God's like, no, no, I got this. <laughs> yeah, the guy who came out around the building, I was riding a bicycle, he hit my front tire, I did a full-on front flip, and then hit my back, like, on the other side of his car. And then he started to drive away, but my friend's boss saw the whole thing happen and said, hey, Luke, and, like, kind of, Stop the guy, mm. and so then he had to buy, he had to go and buy me a new bicycle and stuff. Mm. Um, but the biggest accident was when I was 24, um, and I and I got uh, hit by a car on my motorcycle. I was in the slow lane, I was doing everything right, and this car just merged into me. I don't know why, but um, that happened, and then that was the biggest one. That one, that one caused my spine to be bent. Um, I had a head trauma, I had a traumatic brain injury. Um, I, like I didn't know what was real and what was fake, and so that's caused a lot of issues with my trust in myself, pretty much. Because, um, yeah, I guess I have more sympathy or empathy for people with mental illness because mm -hmm. your brain is the control center of your body, and if your brain's coming up with these conclusions of that's not reality. Mm -hmm then it, it's hard to it's hard to cope with that. Mm. So I've gone through neurotherapy, uh, but it's something that I pray a lot about because, um, yeah, I used to work with Alzheimer's patients and their mind's gone. And so I worked with this one pastor and he, he couldn't even tell me who Jesus was. He was like, I don't know. But then every once in a while, I'd be reading scripture and then he would know the scripture, but like he couldn't tell me so that kind of that because because of a of a brain injury. Uh, Alzheimer's is a degenerative disease when you're older. Oh, okay. Um, like dementia, Alzheimer's mm -hmm. dementia. Um, but it's similar to how you think it if you have a brain injury mm -hmm. in some in, in some aspects. But it just caused me to think like, what happens if my brain goes? Like, does God does God still have me, or is it dependent on? Like my ability to say that Jesus is Lord, you know. Mm. So I think about that a lot. And and today, um, I've I've stayed with you for about a week now, <laughs> and every morning I saw I see you reading your Bible and and I see you praying, and it 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 it, it leads me to that question like after everything you've been through, you are a Christian and you had that um, car car accident that um, caused your your brain damage. And you're facing a whole lot of other issues with depression and, and all these um, other things in your life. 
what is it that's making you anchor to God? Like, what is it that's still keeping your faith up going? Because many people, oh, once once they, they, they've been with God for a while and things are just not going right anymore, <laughs> they, they abandon ship, you know, they, they try to find something else. But what is it that, that, that you have found in your relationship with God that you feel that, like, I can't, I can't let go of God no matter what? I think the main thing is that like truth truth is truth is truth so um, there's a saying like let God be true and every man a liar um, my boss earlier said uh, he would rather believe the promises even though if he, he's never seen them than live in the lie you know sure. and I I've seen I've seen stuff that God has done. Like yeah. I've seen him heal people and I've seen him love and give encouragement to people who have nothing and I've also seen him, you know, strengthen those who have a lot to be generous and not just selfish with their wealth. So I've seen God move in other people a lot. Um, but like I don't have that <laughs> like vibrant like if I pray God doesn't like audibly answer me. But what keeps me grounded and what keeps me believing, I would say, is that like everyone has a God that they worship and a God that they choose. Mm. So whether you're Buddhist, whether you're Jewish, even whether you're an atheist, like you, you either make yourself God or money God or sex God mm. or something becomes this ultimate value in your life. And I just keep thinking that, like, what am I staking my life on? Am I staking my life on the on the claim that Jesus is the resurrected Lord and the way and the truth and the life? Mm. Um, like, what happens if none of my circumstances line up, line up to that, or I forget the circumstances? I I still think that, uh, like, if you're gonna if you're gonna swing out on one rope <laughs> into mm. eternity, like Jesus is the way to go. Like, I don't think sex or or um, Krishna or anybody else is gonna is gonna hold you. Like I think Jesus is the only one that can hold you, that can bring you into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And I and I do believe that He is making all things right here and now. It's not just something that happens when you die. Like we make that choice now, and then we can see heaven come to earth. Mm -hmm. um, and so whether whether I can't see it or um, yeah, whether I don't see it happen or whether I do, or whether it seems more apparent in other people, mm -hmm. like I still hold hold to the confession that Jesus is who He says He is. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If I I don't believe I'm wrong, but if I'm wrong, like what does He call us to do? Like He calls you to deny yourself and to love everyone. Mm -hmm. And out of all the religions of the world, that seems like the best, even if it wasn't true. Like mm -hmm. should I spend uh, my time and effort like making society a better place and to proclaim the good news of Jesus mm. like, I don't think there's there's wrong that could come of that I think the wrong that comes of believing in Christianity is when people take the Bible or what Jesus had said and they like twist it to their own game so they talk about Jesus a lot and they talk about being generous but then they're they're really feel filled with like self-desire or anger or hate or, or racism or whatever. Um, so, just so 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 you you've 
you've you've had depression and you might you're still going through some 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 type of depression as well. Mm -hmm. um, you you have problems in your life. You've been through trauma. You you have trauma. What advice would you give to other people that might be going through the same thing you're going through? Other Christians that might be going through what you're going through. Um, and and for those who don't believe in God, who might have gone through what you have gone through, what advice would you give them to to just strengthen them to be able to keep on and to find a little bit of purpose um, through the um, predicament they find themselves in? Uh, the best advice I would give is to pray, like pray to Yahweh, pray to Jesus, pray to the God of the Bible, uh, because He's alive and He has ears. And he hears, he hears people when they cry out. Mm. Um, the scripture says anybody who cries on the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm. Um, I don't think that means that he'll answer you right then and there. Like, I, and I don't even think that means that he'll deliver you from that suffering. But um, I've known strong, strong people who have had everything taken away. Mm. Like, and they're living in this small small house like with their kids like single mothers and they say incredible things like god god's economy is always up mm. or or like god will provide god god will god will be here with me even if the food doesn't come in there and yeah the testimonies of other believers um are really encouraging mm. but i would say personally um Personally, knowing that God hears me and either remembering how he's answered me in the past or how he's answered other people in the past and knowing that even if the food doesn't come in or even if the job doesn't come in the way I think, like there's, there's a bigger plan mm. happening. Like God, God is a big God and he looks at the whole world and he hears people's problems and he feels the hurt more than we feel the hurt because um, like sometimes we're callous sometimes we don't feel as much as we should but he's there with us like God is everywhere and God hears us and God loves us and I would say that whatever you're struggling with um, whatever you're suffering with like cry out to him and also don't don't compare it to other other suffering because you're always going to find somebody in, in like a worse state but mm -hmm. that doesn't take away from the pain that that you're feeling like my pain's physical trauma um but i've known other people who've had friends die sure. and so their pain's different and but it's i still think the source of all healing is the lord and mm -hmm. to pray um the psalms really help because david David just lays it out on the table. <laughs> yeah. He's got people actively trying to murder him all the time. Like, I don't know what that's like, but I imagine that's hard to, yeah. hard to go through. Yeah. And that also speaks into that peace that supposes all understanding that the Bible speaks about. That peace that only comes from Jesus. Guys, uh, first off, Luke, thank you so much for your time. I'm sure your testimony and, and your experience of God has really um, spoken to somebody who's listening to, to this right now. And maybe somebody needed um, to hear of someone else who's going through what they are going through. Or, and, and they feel um, really blessed by that. 
and I've been blessed by this. And guys, thank you so much for, for watching. Again, guys, my name is Salem. Thank you for watching. This is the Alpha Life, where we are living life with purpose through God. Until next time, peace. Thanks for having me, bro. I feel honored. Bless now, bro. Your story, your story can help a lot.